creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. February 22nd, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Over there on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. <laughs> what <laughs> in the world? Wow. I don't, okay, I'm stunned. Okay, uh, on the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, our senior editor, Tyler Huckby. Hey, everybody. And just down the road there in Nashville, in her nicely wallpapered dining room, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, and interior designer, Annie <laughs> F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Cameron, I'll let you talk about our our, our generous sponsor first, and then I will explain yep. my audacious hello, hello, because there is a reason behind it. Yeah, Jesse just needs to talk about some stuff. Today's Rolling Podcast is brought to you by You Need a Budget. It's a very it's a very bold name they got there for their product. You Need a Budget. Seriously, um, it, you can you can call it YNAB for short. You Need a Budget is a personal budgeting software backed by a unique method based on four rules for budgeting. Budgeting is not about restriction. It's not about never spending money. Budgeting is about finding your true priorities and aligning your money with those priorities. It's an opportunity to gain total control of your money. This is crazy. On average, new budgeters with YNAB save $600 by month two and more than $6,000 the first year. YNAB has helped hundreds of thousands of people gain total control of their money, get out of debt, and save more faster. Find out why users call YNAB life-changing. Go to youneedabudget.com slash relevant for a two-month free trial. Normally, YNAB offers a 34-day trial, but they're giving an extra month for relevant podcast listeners. Go to youneedabudget.com slash relevant. Okay. Okay, yeah. Jesse. Yeah. Hold on. We have a great show in store for you. Oh. Coming up later, Brian Johnson joins us. He has a new book out called When God Becomes Real. And um, he comes on later to discuss why Christians must end the stigma around mental health. It is, I, I got to be honest with you, I, I mean, I love Brian Johnson, love Bethel and everything like that. I grew up in the charismatic world. Mental health was not something that was ever discussed. Yeah. In my world, yeah, it was like exactly. if somebody was struggling with ever. depression, it was like, well, you're just not praying enough. Or you're I mean, not- I don't even remember anybody saying those words when I was growing up. Well, and, yeah. and, and a lot, for a lot of that world, there was no distinction between mental health and spiritual health. You know, right. like, uh, right, 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 right. That means you're not spiritually healthy enough if you're struggling right. emotionally. Yeah. That was the stigma. I mean, I, I was oblivious to the reality of mental health. And uh, so it's a bold move and uh, very exciting that somebody in Brian Johnson's position is writing a book, a very yeah. vulnerable book, telling yeah. his story about yeah. mental health. Yeah. So that's coming up later. That's exciting. Yeah. Now, great, big, on to show. more important and pressing information. Jesse, why'd you do a weird hello, hello? Because everyone <laughs> laughed. Everyone laughed. And I needed it. It was a crowd pleaser. I liked it. It was a crowd pleaser. People loved it. Coming well, shock, in shock and awe. That's how we felt. Shock and awe. And I feel like I need to really prove my worth today because prior to recording, Annie was privy to several hurtful conversations that were happening among the editorial team, I'm my fellow saying. editorial team members, uh, yeah. about how <laughs> Tyler Huckabee is better at everything than well, I am. Well, here's some context. This was a big week in the relevant world. This, this is the Friday podcast. Uh, if you've been following along with us all week, we have debuted a morning 
briefing, video show, and a new podcast called Relevant Daily. And so uh, it debuted on Tuesday morning, and we're going to air it every morning as your start to the day, a little 10-minute discussion about the um, the buzzing, trending uh, content items at the intersection of faith and culture. It's It's been a lot of fun, and we're learning a lot. Every day we do it, we're getting a little bit better, and we're learning a lot. And all we were saying was just kind of a self-assessment recap Wow, Tyler's no, 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 it was not a self-assessment no, no. recap it, because Jesse was not post-mortem. assessing. No, no, no. no it was a Jesse assessment let's recap. Be, let's be honest with ourselves that Tyler Huckabee has done a fantastic job this week. That's all we were saying. That no, was it all. Cameron that- Strang, you said he's way better than you, Jesse. <laughs> because Cameron and I toiled painful. away for toiled. hours and hours on end the week prior, toiled, testing yeah. and piloting. And That's I right. was in front of a camera literally for hours, Annie, mm-hmm. nailing it. Time sure. after time after time. <laughs> Clark, does Clark One have a microphone? Wonder, that's what no, they call no. you. We're keeping Clark off the mic. He was behind the camera and he could, he, 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 you know, he Were didn't tell me this, there, but Jesse? he said it with his eyes. Yeah. He said, they call you one take in the biz, don't you? Or one take, Carrie. I was like, yeah, that's what they call me. It's weird that you would say that with your eyes to me, Clark. But yeah, they call me a one take. So Tyler did the debut episode. He did. I shocked. Yeah. And we were talking about who would record one this afternoon. Right. Cameron made the comment, let's go with Huckabee because he's way better than you, Jesse. That's what he said, Annie, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty close. I didn't I wasn't recording yet, but we could probably go back and pull it up, but yeah. it was not great. Yeah. I think I think Cameron, I don't want to speak for you. I think you yeah. just meant he's way better than you at life. Fill in the blank. I'm trying to say this in a way that isn't overly hurtful, but I listen, he's way better at you at stuff in personal life and professional life. <laughs> Anything else right. I mean, guys, of a vast yeah. of a vast. No, here, I, I think, we, you know, if when people go to relevantmagazine.com and they watch the video, they'll see that this that the day I don't want to give it away, but it mm-hmm. was a subject that is sort of in my lane. Tyler, I was too busy starring on many of my team's athletic teams to be worried about nerdy stuff like you talked about on relevant daily so that's why he's better cameron i was busy during that time in my life now i didn't have time to learn about nerd stuff you know i'm busy dominating jesse your whole brain is nerd stuff don't even do that you have so much in there so uh if you haven't seen relevant daily go check it out it's on the relevant youtube channel uh, it's also on our site on, in the video section uh, every day. A little ten minute discussion of the news uh, of the day. It's also an audio podcast. So if you're not somebody who can sit there and kind of watch your phone for ten minutes while you're in the bathroom or something, um, you can uh, download or subscribe to the audio podcast, and it can be part of your drive time routine. So it, we're excited about it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's it's a it, you know we've been super cool covering idea. this stuff on the site every day, but this is an opportunity to talk about it. Like we have guests come on, uh, experts. We can actually kind of discuss the interesting news of the day, which is uh, different than kind of just the normal news cycle. It's a lot of fun. We've been having fun with it, and Tyler is doing a great yeah. job. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. I really love y'all cover what I care about better than just about anybody. So I am. Oh, I love that's a very nice thing to say. Story. I, mean, I appreciate it. I read every single link y'all send out on Twitter because I'm like, I actually can't. This and thanks to y'all, Fark. Those are the two that I love now. <laughs> Cameron, I'll give my assessment of Tyler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A self-assessment. Mostly adequate. Mostly adequate. <laughs> hey, that's what we shoot for here at the Relevant Media Group. Mostly good, adequate. Yeah, re- relevant. Good enough the is the new the tagline heat. going into 2019. <laughs> good enough for today. Yeah. 
good enough for a disposable content experience. <laughs> good enough to be the bottom of the birdcage tomorrow. In one ear, out the other. Uh, moving the show along, it is time for our new segment. Now, I got to say, a little context here. Oh, We've been retiring yeah, in case you missed it. And uh, we've introduced the hot list, which is very similar. The critical uh, but, but week one, people <laughs> didn't connect with the new jingle. So we decided we're going to do a thing of like we're going to do an experimental month of jingles uh, introducing the hot list. Last week's, some babies were made during last week. <laughs> I, I was about to say, Chandler, last week's had, had some legit sizzle to it, pal. Yeah, I was real you. impressed with it. <laughs> I just can't imagine. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know how you pull up that many jingles in your heart, but I'm grateful that you do. I appreciate it. So, so Chandler got two cracks at it. And so this week, uh, because Chandler's right after we record this, Chandler's leaving town. Uh, week three's jingle that you're about to hear <laughs> done by somebody else. Here we go. It's time for. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Coming in at number five. Audrey Assad this week performed a gorgeous cover of I oh. Can't Make You Love Me. The singer-songwriter teamed up with SE Electronics, the maker of high-end recording gear, for the cover of Bonnie Raitt's classic song. The entire song was recorded in one take on a single microphone. It's awesome. Here's a clip. Oh, I'll close my eyes And then I won't see Tyler, are you listening? This is someone who's very good at their job. (laughs) (laughs) Game recognized game. Man, that, <laughs> that song by I mean Audrey killed that. It was, I mean I put that puppy on loop yeah, last week. Oh, good. I loved it. Pretty song. It's a pretty song. Uh, coming in at number four, Benedict Cumberbatch has signed on to play Satan in Amazon's miniseries called Good Omens. The show is based on Neil Gaiman's uh, fantasy slash satire novel about the lead up to the apocalypse of Revelation and the angel and demon who uh, try to thwart it. Uh, Michael McKean, Francis McDermott, Nick Offerman, and John Hamm also star in the series, which debuts May 31st. That is a crazy cast. It's a crazy yeah. cast. And uh, Tyler, you're, are you a Neil Gaiman fan? I am a Neil Gaiman fan. And I, I like this book is. a lot. It's a, it's a really funny book. It, it was described as a fantasy slash satire I, novel. I, that is literally his love language. I, I teed, I teed <laughs> him up lane. because I was going to say, are you a fan of this? <laughs> sure, you would be. Nerd, you were probably reading it. While I was the captain of the basketball team, Tyler. <laughs> I was wow. prepping. This is obviously. I was the captain of the basketball. We've gone here. This is what we yeah. I'm not well, even close to peaking, Annie. <laughs> one of us was investing in stuff that is still relevant to their professional lives today. The other one of us was the captain of the basketball team. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah I'm sure your grandkids gosh. are going to love how you were reading novels uh, after school while I'm regaling them, while I'm regaling yeah. them in, in 
the high school basketball highlight reels, which I've in no way embellished, Tyler. Jesse is just as good at mocking other people as every other high school bully was. You're Jesse, great at it. Why yeah. are you regaling Tyler's grandkids with your stories of because basketball prowess? It's going to get need weird to, in 30 years. They need it's to get know, really weird. Cameron. They need to know the truth about their grandfather. No. Now, Tyler, tell us about why this Neil Gaiman novel is interesting. <laughs> no, try, I'm not going to tell you, awake Jesse. <laughs> I'll tell Annie about this novel since <laughs> yeah, she seems actually interested. Will you tell me? I am. Good read. The cast sounds good. John Hamsey. John Ham seems like a guy I would have been friends with in high school. I was friends with the basketball team and the nerds, and so I can be friends with both of y'all. Well, so? you, you'll have to pick before this podcast is over, I think, who you want to continue to be friends with because things well, are getting... Well, you know whose city I live in, so let's get real. Who's been on my podcast... Only loud you, and clear, loud yeah. and clear, Annie. Well, uh, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a funny book. It's about uh, an angel and a demon who both been sort of stationed on Earth, and they've come to become friends over the past couple thousand years. And they don't really want Earth to end because it means the end of their friendship too. So they start trying to thwart. Uh, the Antichrist to keep him from ascending to his dark throne. Oh, that's going to be so funny! It's a, it's a it's it's a it's a laugh out loud book. I liked it a lot. I think it's ripe for adaptation. And Benedict Cumberbatch, like that guy's voice, is just primed for whatever your needs as a filmmaker are. Yeah. I feel like there's a role for Benedict Cumberbatch somewhere in there. I, I saw, you know, he did in in one of uh, again. I wouldn't know. This isn't really my thing, but uh, one of the <laughs> Hobbit movies. Um, he played the dragon. I think his Smeagol or something nerdy like that. Um, and like he voiced. Wait, are you dra- serious? He was in those. Yeah, he was his the voice. dragon. His voice. Yeah, his is voice. In those? No, no, it's not just his voice because I watched this like motion capture video on YouTube. Oh yeah. So like he is in the like wetsuit, like the diving suit with ping pong balls all over it. Yeah. Okay. So he's in that. That's how he's they got, use it. Like, I don't understand it, but it, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's wearing that and he's got the mega pastor, Britney Spears microphone. Okay. Attached oh, I to always his call my microphone, my Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah. So he's it. doing that and he's reading his dialogue as the dragon and he's slithering around the floor like an insane person, like the dragon. I mean, it, it seems so unnecessary. All those guys, because uh, because uh, what's his name? Who was in the Lord of the Rings movies as Smeagol? Uh, who does the same? Andy Circus. Yeah, Andy Circus. He's in the Planet yeah. of the Apes movies too. Watching his behind the scenes stuff makes you feel like you're losing your mind because he. Everybody else is talking to him and interacting with him like he's a monkey because he's hunched over and he walks around on his knuckles like a primate does. And they all have to. They, all everybody in those movies should win Oscars because they don't burst into laughter every time Andy Circus does or <laughs> says anything. That, that's the thing. I could never be an actor, especially like an action freak. Because even like you see the Avengers and it's just yeah. some guy like wearing a catcher's mask as Thanos, and you're like, I'm sorry, dude. Are we doing this? Are and we really to doing a ping this? Pong ball and they have to like crack out in fear against it for for like 20 minutes they have to do take do these takes i mean they're not all one takes but some of them are but but just to be clear just to be clear jesse that's that's why you uh aren't a famous action star is that (laughs) you can't look at the ping pong balls without smiling nothing to do with the physique the animal charm star um, you know, so all fun. the requi- the, the ability to shoot off wise cracks on, yeah. with a hair trigger, all of that I have. I check all the boxes. <laughs> right. I'm just not going to look at some dope with, you know, <laughs> a, a, a leotard so on and act like and act like he's a superhero. I'm sorry. I have my limits of human dignity, Cameron. I want to say a real so, life superhero. I do want to say I want to take I want to take this time to say that yesterday we were having an editorial meeting and Jesse's Jesse sounds like he's doing a bit now. He sounds like he's doing a character, <laughs> but we had a we had a 
meeting yesterday, and in this meeting, in all serious, I think it was yesterday, in all seriousness, Jesse said, <laughs> and I don't even remember what the context was. We're talking about web, like web articles, and he was like, "No matter what athletic sport we're talking about, I feel extremely confident in it." <laughs> <laughs> My gracious, Jesse! One hundred percent sincerity. So that's I, kind of baller, pal. I'll just tell you what—that's yeah, not the worst thing she ever said. That's pretty cool. I couldn't say that about a single athletic sport. So that's yeah, I was impressed. <laughs> yeah, well, back in the day, back in the day, Cameron can attest yeah. to this. I still have the shirt somewhere because I keep all relics from athletic glory somewhere in the house to remind myself of my self worth on hard days. <laughs> <laughs> and like all former great high school athletes, and back in the day, we used to do a relevant field day. And it's we <gasps> stopped it, we stopped uh-huh. doing them because they got very competitive. But very, here's the thing: and it's too hot in Orlando. You can't be outside. No, here's uh, the thing. I mean, it's all, I mean, we didn't plan it for like late July. I mean, it's lovely from the fall to the spring. It's just I have not experienced it a few times. the 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 issue was that we did it as a team building thing, mm-hmm. um, and 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 we have way too many competitive people. And I remember when the 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 pregnant employee couldn't participate so she was the referee she made a call one of the teams didn't like on a game where everybody had balloons taped to their angles ankles and you had to like stomp out other people's balloons and the last balloon like person standing finish. one yeah. and uh she you know it's just fun right and what i just remember seeing the two of the guys screaming at her in the face because <laughs> and her crying <gasps> and i thought screaming at her face we're, done. we're done here i'll say this all of i was only awful. screaming because she should have seen who popped that balloon first she <laughs> one job <laughs> i apologize for nothing that's what i told her that day <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, we're done. We're done here. The the, the Rella games are retired. That was the end. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Screaming in her face. Let, I just, let me just make something very clear to the three of you who I love and adore. If you ever scream in my oh, face, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> the beginning of the end yeah. of your best no days, question. just letting you no know. Question. <laughs> no question. Would, I would lose would my mind. Would not. Validly. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And, and I just remember like, I the believe vibe it walking I back believe to it the either. office. It's a very simple game to make the call on. I, it was shocking <laughs> to me too. Walking Cameron. back to the office, it's I just remember why I raised my voice. There's like it was the park across the street, and we just like there's this like one minute walk back to the office, and there was like this awkward silence. Everybody's mad at everybody. Like it was just it was awful. As like, I explained to the police officers that arrived on the scene, <laughs> she had made the call in the first place. We would not be in this tense situation. <laughs> 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 All right, coming in number three, Colin Kaepernick settled his collusion case with the, with the NFL this week. Uh, the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback remained unsigned for several years after leading protests against racial injustice and police brutality during pregame national anthems. Uh, Kaepernick and teammate Eric Reed alleged that NFL team owners colluded to essentially blackball them from signing new contracts when they became free agents, despite both players still competing at a high level. I mean, Kaepernick was a lot better than a lot of guys who were. Yeah, we, we almost won the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Legal experts have suggested that Kaepernick could have received in the neighborhood of $40 million in the settlement. What? Though, b- though both parties have agreed to a confidentiality agreement. Yeah. Well, I mean, but you know what's is- actually true is like money's great. $40 million, I'll never know that. But 
I bet he'd rather be playing football. Well, uh, following the settlement, there have been reports that several teams have expressed interest in signing him this year. Oh, so, well, yeah. listen, if you get $40 million and then you get to play football, you win. win, win. You for sure two. win. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm available for that exact same deal if anybody from NFL <laughs> but I mean, is listening. Th- that's probably what he would have made had the in a, how owners not colluded sure. against sure. him. I mean, those are essentially oh, that lo- that, that's got essentially got it, lost it. wages. I mean, the window for a professional athlete, particularly an NFL player, the average NFL career is three years. So oh, wow. if so, if you were that to lose, unreal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a brutal game. And if if you are to lose two or three years uh, of your the 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 window you have to make your living that's supposed to set you for the rest of your life as an NFL player is very small. And if you lose three of it, then you should be compensated compensated accordingly and that's yeah. why legal es- experts suggest that it's probably in about that neighborhood that's fascinating yep uh coming in number two a bunch of christians freaked out about dc comics's uh decision to cancel the series it announced starring jesus uh, it was called second coming and the publisher's decision to pull the series followed an online petition started by christians that drew more than 230,000 signatures and called the series blasphemous and outrageous. Oh, Problem wow. with that is nobody even read it. 230,000 people signed this petition about something they never even read. Uh, it was just an announced series. Uh, yep. It was oh, never released. Mm-hmm. So in the satirical comic, which was meant as commentary on modern, modern evangelicalism, Jesus comes back to earth, is distressed by just how far down the tubes things have gone over the last 2,000 years. And he moves in with a roommate, which is kind of a Superman knockoff guy uh, called Sun Man. Uh, and then the two of them try to sort things out. Uh, the, the comics authors, uh, Richard Pace and Mark Russell, are currently looking for a new publisher for Second Coming. So it might still release, just not in association with DC Comics. But Man, sometimes I say this with love and as a fellow Christian, but sometimes Christians are just the worst. Like uh, the literal worst, literal I mean, worst. It'd be because you know, part of like Tyler, you and I had a long discussion about this one day, but yeah. like part on the petition, part of it was like, can you imagine if they made a comic book about, uh, you know, Buddha, or, Buddha Muhammad. or Muhammad? And it's like, yeah, Christians say stuff about other religions all the time. It's like if you watch one season of Homeland, watch Jack Ryan, watch 24. All of those are about Muslim villains like, they, they, you know, like the, it's not uncommon in pop culture for other religions who happen to be in the minority in the West to be the subject of um, you know, criticism. And if one of those series had gotten pulled because of backlash from those groups, these same Christians probably would have been like, oh, free oh, speech. Sure we can't even, the, you know, these PC culture is out of control. The, yeah. the snowflakes are. We yeah. should be able to, you, our culture should be able to say whatever offensive thing we want, unless you're saying it about Christians. <laughs> and a fake comic book with Superman. is 85. <laughs> I like that you always make it very well, old. Can I ask a side question? Did y'all like Jack Ryan? I haven't watched it yet. Should I watch I, it? I have. It's um I would say it's it's uh Homeland Light. It's basically oh. like Homeland with Jim Halpert and uh, without <laughs> all of like the you know undertones about like mental health and corruption. Oh, yeah. All right. So there you go. Man, that's, that's fascinating. Review. I think I I am the longer we do this culture together and the longer we are around faith people the more I, I wonder if any of those kind of loud rebellion-y things help at all. I just can't. I, I don't know. 
know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure those crazy. I'm sure those comic writers who already had thoughtful criticism for contemporary right, Christians, right. I'm sure they walked away with a great taste in their mouth after losing jobs <laughs> over it. Like, oh, they totally changed my mind. You know, right. like, right? Who is this helping? Not to mention the DC Comics fans who were getting excited about a new comic book after it was announced from two very acclaimed, very well-respected writers in the industry and are now like, oh, well, Christians were, seem like they're very thoughtful and willing to engage with difficult <laughs> criticism about their, their faith and respond in measured and appropriate ways to it. I, I got a press release this week. It, even in press releases, like Christians throw shade, like passive aggressively. And it was about uh-huh. some like movie about Noah's Ark or something, you know, and some... <laughs> And it was like many were disappointed when Hollywood tried to make a movie about Noah's Ark back, you know, and it's like, who are you speaking for here? Like (laughs) (laughs) this many, this like alleged many who's out there. Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. And there was, was, I won't name the website, but there was a site that was reporting. I think you sent this to me, Jesse on the, on the poll, the cancellation of the DC comic, the lead that the the first line was Christian comic fans rejoice. (laughs) (laughs) But they don't support that statement at all. I mean, they're speaking for you. I mean, you're the only, Christian t- comic fan I know. I don't Did you rejoice? It. I don't appreciate it. I don't like people putting words in them. If they had reached out to this Christian comic fan for comment, they didn't support the statement at all because no one rejoiced because no one even like who got it canceled even cared. It's just another well, petition. Right. That they no, the 230,000 people who signed the petition rejoiced. I mean, they, they're like, they like, we did all it. Those people. I, I don't even think, I think they probably just sign whatever petition, petition comes across their Facebook feed. Yeah. And they're probably in a constant state of outrage or celebration over some stupid marginal victory in a culture war that they actually lost a decade ago and didn't realize. Like, uh-huh. oh, come on with that sentence. You burn that, Jesse Carey. Yeah. I, I know. I'm serious. That was a great sentence to not write and edit to just have in your brain. That was impressive. Landing, that's what, that I, was, that's Jesse, what I do. You know what? You you know Let's take the landing. You're, you're, He's you're nerdier than he plays. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, I'm going to ask my cue card person move to the left just a little. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, coming in at number one this week on the hot list. Details about Jay Z and Meek Mill's criminal justice reform organization called Reform Alliance have been released. The organization was partly inspired by Meek Mill's own legal troubles. In one court proceeding, his attorney revealed misconduct by a judge in one of his parole cases and his arresting officer following an assault charge. Um, Along with the duo billionaires like 76ers owner uh, Michael Rubin, Patriots owner Robert Kraft, Nets co-owner Clara Wusai, hedge fund manager and investor Daniel Loeb are among the group's founding partners. Uh, The Reform Alliance is launching with $50 million in funding and a named uh, CNN commentator Van Jones as their C- CEO. Yeah. Uh, Van Jones explained to Complex that the organization will focus on probation and parole reform. He noted that 6 million people who are under the control of the criminal justice system, uh, 4 million of them are caught up on probation and parole. He explained, you could do something that gets you a charge, then you can be essentially not free for the rest of your life because you're late for a meeting. 15 minutes late, they add a year on probation. Your aunt has an asthma attack in the next neighborhood over and you go over to help her. You violated uh, your parole and they add five years on your probation. Putting a cap on probation and parole is something that we're passionate about. 
Uh, he also explained that uh, the organization will push for laws that emphasize rehabilitation, not just retribution. He said right now to keep people on the straight and narrow when they're on probation or parole, if you do something bad, they're going to hurt you and add more time for being under super, for you being under supervision. They're going to send you back to jail or prison. We're saying, hold on a second. What if we flip this around? Because when you can send somebody to jail or prison, they're going to lose their house. They're going to lose their job. They're going to lose their kids. It's going to be bad anyway. What if we reversed it? What if we said, uh, you're going to be on this long, uh, but we can shorten it if you go to community college, if you go to rehab, if you get a certificate or a license for a trade. We think that needs to be tried. Following the recent launch, they've announced a goal of freeing 1 million people from the criminal justice system in the next five years. I heard... Um, I think it was last week I heard uh, the 76ers owner, uh, Michael Rubin, on The Breakfast Club with uh, Charlemagne the God talking about this Um, because he and it's crazy. He and Meek Mill have become close friends. Like Michael Rubin said, like Meek Mill is one of his like five closest friends. And how they how they got to be that close was um, they met. uh, They they just happened to meet at a social gathering. And um, and then Meek got into some, you know, this legal trouble. And and Michael was like, but Michael like knew the story and knew what was going on and couldn't understand why he was getting the sentence that he was getting and started to try to help out and then started to like fight like these parole issues and things that were like, like they were like corrupt. Like he had a bad judge and stuff. And Michael Rubin like took this up as like a personal cause. Like, you know, like Meek Mill's injustice was an issue for him. Uh, Meek Mill's from Philadelphia. (laughs) I was a huge Sixers fan, obviously. And it's, it's just crazy. This like kind of this friendship that emerged, but through that, Michael Rubin talked about how his eyes were open to the brokenness of the parole and probation and and justice reform stuff. And he got a lot of his billionaire sports owners and billionaire friends to say, we've got to change this. So it's cool that we're not having just cultural influencers like Jay-Z or Meek Mill advocating for the change, but power brokers who can put money into it and can like call the president and, you know, are also now weighing in and you have it coming from both sides, cultural influence and also like, money and like that's where change is going to be made and everything changes when you actually care about someone when you love someone who is in the situation right you know i mean the same is true for an illness the same is true for um you know any kind of heartbreak or any kind of what's this what would this be considered any kind of like justice issue yeah everything changes when you actually know someone who is in the situation you go oh i can help here yeah, it right. is. I mean, it's why mission trips matter. It's why doing local justice in good in your town matters. Because when you put a face to these issues, it changes the issue. Well, it, it, it's I mean, and especially when you learn some of the details like this judge and one of the, you know, Meek Mill had some arbitrary, some random violation of his parole, like uh, Vance Jones mentioned, like inadvertently traveling outside of a zone where you're supposed to be or something, you know, they can put all these parameters on your life. And, you know, the judge had, you know, suggested behind closed doors that she would give him a lighter sentence. If he like recorded a song for her cousin's band or something, or like switch records. And, but, but then you, then you hear stories where that's not just those kind of stories. Aren't just isolated to people who are celebrities, like the arbitrary nature of the criminal justice system, particularly when it comes to sentencing guidelines, Right. is crazy. I mean, I don't know if you guys listen to the new season of Serial, but early on, they had on a, a local judge um, in, in a precinct who would, who would basically put insane not even legal um, parole parameters on people. Like, you can't have children. 
if you have any more oh kids, gosh. you're going to go to jail or if you do this or that. And a lot of these individuals, unfortunately, are represented by overworked public defenders who don't have the time or the resources to fight some of the, the arbitrary nature so of, of, of parole sentencing. So to have these billionaires come alongside and say, okay, we need to make change. It's not only really promising, it's really effective for all the criticism, rightful criticism of the current administration. You know, the president has shown a willingness to embrace criminal justice reform and really reach across the aisle. You know, some of the, the reforms he's already put in place were some of the only real bipartisan partisan legislation and efforts that we've seen. I mean, for for somebody who's a staunch, uh, very close, uh, like Trump ally, like Robert Kraft, to be in the same organization with Van Jones as a CEO, Mm -hmm. I mean, shows how truly bipartisan this initiative is. Well, I think it's one of those things that now it's it's become a bipartisan issue because the the issue is so plain it's really hard to find any sort of like alternative viewpoint uh, and i know mm. there are people out there and some of them have been in the administration until at least until recently who uh, aren't huge fans of the idea of criminal justice reform but i don't think there's any take on the facts that says this is a good thing and we need to actually be locking more people up because it's, right. it's just not the case right we have yeah, we, we incarcerate more people than any country in the world. And we're, and we're you know, claiming... And, it's di- and obviously, it's disproportionately heavily tilted toward urban minorities and, yeah, uh, right. and men. So yeah. it's, it's not a fair shake. And it's not representative. It's not like America... You know, just unilaterally locks up more people. It's a portion of our audience, a portion yeah. of our, yeah. Um, but population. but I do think you know, Tyler. I think you were referencing Jeff Sessions, who was an advocate for some of these early war on drug policies that were you know incredibly unfair and uh, you know very much tilted to punish people in minority communities. And now that he's gone, and it seems like the president has some willingness to make reforms, that there it's not implausible that there could be major changes coming. Yep. And I do want to do a uh, part of the story as well. I want to give a shout out to Jay-Z, who's been a part of this and who has been such a consistent voice for change and for criminal justice reform and is using his celebrity so well. Jay-Z paid for Meek Mill's lawyers while Meek Mill was Did in he? jail. Jay-Z paid Lil Wayne's taxes while he was caught up in his legal contract and couldn't get out of it. And Jay-Z also hired lawyers for 21 Savage when he got locked up by ICE over uh, over a de- deportation issue. So the fact that he's... Uh, obviously, there's a lot of problems with celebrities and a lot of them don't seem like they, they talk a big game. But when it comes to actually putting the money where their mouth is, there's some rightful criticism of hypocrisy there. But both Jay-Z and his wife, Beyonce... His wife, Beyonce. I think we all know. Jay-Z and Beyonce have always been very, very consistently <laughs> He's Beyonce's um, husband at this point. Yeah, yeah. Beyonce and her husband, Jay-Z, have both been extremely good about, about investing a lot of their considerable wealth towards causes they really care about. And criminal justice reform, I think, is the big one. I think this is very interesting. And this is, there's nothing, no one here has done anything wrong. But listening to this whole conversation, Beyonce is the first woman that's been in this conversation at all. You know, it's a really, it's really a male and it is a male centric conversation because we aren't, it's not as often that we talk about incarcerated women and we talk about what's going on with them and where that is. And it's just so interesting that in the public eye, most of the people involved in this are male. Isn't that interesting to y'all? 
Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do think that part of, I do, I, I've read stats before where also the incarcerated population tends to be disproportionately yeah. male as well. It is. You know? Yep. That's right. Cause I mean, we don't, we, we don't have stories of like 21 Savage. We don't have those stories of women well, well, that I, are I, being arrested. I will say this the, the case that Kim Kardashian ended up getting, Kim Kardashian West got involved in er, er, late last year. Where went she to the actually Oval Office, she yeah. went, visit, went to the Oval Office and got a woman um, who was right. sentenced for a really minor role in a drug trafficking um, a case. You know, she was basically taking phone calls for someone who was doing drug deals. Got got. I think it was. It might have been even been a life sentence, but it was Kim Kardashian who went to bat yeah. for her yeah. and ended up getting okay. her a pardon. This is crazy. Yeah. I just pulled it up. The inmate gender uh, percentages. This is from the Federal Bureau of Prisons. And this is like accurate to this month. This was data from January 26, 2019. The, of the inmate population in the federal prisons, males make up 93%. Wow. 7% wow. female. Yeah, that's crazy. Man, that I think it's crazy. Andy, to your point, I, I think it's important to remember that every time one of these guys goes to jail, that's a lot of times that that's the breadwinner in a household. That's right. Uh, that's, that's right. That's going to be a father. It, it's somebody who's oftentimes a, a very important part of a, of an economic structure at, at home. And when those yeah, people and get it's such locked a cycle, up, right? Because that yeah, leaves young yeah. men without father figures, and it leads towards more behavior that is not healthy and good. Yeah, I mean, it's such a cycle. Yeah, so, I'm grateful so that people women are get stuck in. as these sort of invisible and mates and low low wage jobs and uh, single yeah. moms at home and the 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 exponential amount of lives largely black that have been ruined by criminal justice corruption yeah. is, is yeah. just so sad and i really hope that the momentum we're seeing here and the fact that criminal justice reform is a major platform for every candidate who's announced so far for 2020 i hope that means that we're on a, a slow path towards making it better yeah, it looks like about sixty percent of the prison population is uh, men between the ages of twenty six and forty one. So you're talking about like the prime, wow. like wage earners, yeah. wage earners yeah. and stuff like that. It's like that's yeah, yeah over sixty percent of the population. And, and a lot of times, even after you know one conviction, their employment opportunities are you know incredibly limited. There, a lot of times, their right to vote is taken away and uh, taken away in a lot of states. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. their ability to have themselves represented fairly or to earn a living or to even get like the kind of proverbial second chance is really limited. Right. And that's why, uh, you know, so many people end up becoming repeat offenders because, you know, they are put in desperate situations. And, you know, like what Van Jones talked about there, maybe actually giving people training or, or, or some sort of uh, vocational uh, resources so that they have opportunities outside of, you know, the same cycle that put them in that situation in the first place. Like that, that seems mm -hmm. like something that would be helpful. It is also looking like uh, ethnicity wise, about 60% of the population is black or Hispanic about in uh, prison. Yeah. In prison, prison federal prison. Yeah. yeah. And the, you know, they're minorities in the general population. So right, as right. disparaging as that looks at, at just the 
prison population without you know the, the greater context is you know they are far more likely to be locked up because because of the arbitrary like they're they're we we did a story a while ago cameron on um the war on drugs and you know how if you just knew the platitudes of it um you would you may not realize how misguided it, it, it is and like so one example is for a long time the sentencing guidelines for crack cocaine and powdered cocaine were dramatically different, even though both substances are chemically the same. The difference is one drug was commonly used in poor neighborhoods and the other one yeah. was common in in rich communities. I you saw could, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I know what you're talking was, about. So the sentencing <laughs> guidelines for those two drugs. I did not. What the, the sentencing time, you could go to, to prison for a very long time for possessing a minor amount of crack cocaine. But the other type of cocaine, the sentencing guidelines were completely different. And it should, that's just one example of how the deck is really stacked against, um, you know, in a lot of cases, minority communities. And, uh, you know, it leads to things like this where you see this massive disparity when it comes to the prison populations. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that'll do it for. Stay tuned. Up next, Brian Johnson joins us. listening to another sky the song is apple tree at the beginning of the podcast you heard foals with on the luna there you go foals on the luna well today's podcast is brought to you by quip one of the most important things we can do for our health health every day is brushing our teeth yet most of us don't do it properly jesse guilty Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers. Quip was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. Yes, Jesse, enjoyable. <laughs> I, I use a Quip. They've sponsored the podcast for a while, and, they, and so I got Quip a year ago. Love it. What I love about it is that the vibration is gentle enough for sensitive gums. A lot of electric toothbrushes are uh, too harsh and Quip isn't. I need I need to go Quip because like Michael Scott, I too have soft teeth and how dare anyone bring it up. But I feel like Quip could be an answer for me. <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing is uh, brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. Uh, three out of four of us use bristles that are old, worn out, and ineffective. Well, Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the ADA and has thousands of verified five-star reviews. I am among them. I love Quip. Quip starts at just 25 bucks, and if you go to getquip.com slash relevant right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash relevant. Now, before we get into this next segment, I want to give a little behind the scenes. Annie is not going to be part of this one segment, but she comes back for feedback. So stay tuned. Well, Brian Johnson is a songwriter and worship leader and the co-founder of Bethel Music and Worship You, along with his wife, Jen Johnson. In his new book, When God Becomes Real, Brian opens up about a mental breakdown he had and how it changed his faith and led him to think about God in totally new ways. We recently spoke with Brian about the book and why Christians must challenge stigmas around mental health. Yeah, I think it's interesting how 
resistant the the church has been to these sorts of conversations around mental health. Uh, I think for a lot of us, we grew up with the idea of mental health being sort of a hippy dippy, uh, uh, almost almost a pagan way of talking about real health. And, and for Brian Johnson, the sort of genesis of this book and of wanting to destroy stereotypes around. Uh, mental health uh, first happened when he had his very first panic attack. I asked him about what that was like and and kind of how that affected him. All I can say is like you can't you know you can't talk yourself out of it. It's kind of ever worldly feeling. It's something that kind of feels like it takes over your body. It's all it, for me. It's almost like you're outside of your body kind of thing. It's a really it's a really scary thing, and it, it's multiple. It, 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 you can have like a basic panic attack, then it can be spiritual, then it can be whatever. But but uh, you know. I think that main one I had was uh, obviously it sent me to the hospital. So it was pretty severe. Um, can't breathe. Can't think straight. That's a scary one when your mind's not working. Yeah. That's, that's pretty paralyzing. Um, the sense of hopelessness was so strong that um, you just can't reason it away. It's over, all consuming, overtaking. I, and, and I'll tell you, hell, the word hell becomes very real mm. not that you're going to hell but just that you hear about what hell would be like and to me that's what hell would be like i think that something that happens a lot when we hear the, when people who haven't had panic attacks don't deal with anxiety hear this word anxiety hear people who struggle with it we have this sort of idea that it's just sort of a vague sense of unease or, or worry and panic attack just means you get really you, you get really stressed out. And, and what you realize when you talk to people like Brian about what it's really like to have a panic attack is that it's a very, very real, very physical, very overwhelming sensation. That's hard to ex- explain. Well, and especially like you know, we kind of talked about this earlier, but it's especially hearing like hearing someone like him talk about it is so refreshing because you a lot of times I feel like when we think of pastors, especially kind of in that in the more like charismatic world who seem very in, t- in tune spiritually that you, you almost think of them as like not susceptible to something like that. But, sure. you know, sure. uh, I've, there's been times where I've, you know, had uh, something similar and for someone like him to be able to talk about it and articulate it with that kind of vulnerability is really refreshing. Yeah. It's the vulnerability thing, like putting his own story out there because, you know, it's almost like the silent majority of people who don't feel like they can talk about it because they don't see anybody in leadership talking about it. And so therefore they're flawed, you know, like it's that thing. So for somebody in leadership to put it out there and say, I struggle with this too, or this happened to me as well, it just opens up the opportunity for so much healing. And I think what you have when you have somebody like Brian talking about this, who who's also in some sense, I mean, you can never really beat anxiety, but you can find ways that help you manage it. And for Brian, that t- took on a few different forms. And I asked him about what uh, what some of those ways were. When I was a kid, worship is what got me through, you know, those panic attacks and those different things. But in, in the, the nervous breakdown, kind of that whole season, the reading the Bible getting up and reading the word over and over is what helped my mind heal. It's really, it's interesting. Like the, the combination of the worship and the word became so real. And you know, like, you know, we hear the verses and we hear the messages, you know, about it renewing our mind and whatever, but like, I think like literally it did. Did he talk about like, uh, I mean, obviously the worship and the word side of things I've heard a lot from the church. Did he talk about the role of medication and counseling uh, in this struggle as well? 
Yes, he did. He talks about it in the book. And, and we did talk about uh, some of the medication and the hospitalization that he went through on the way to handle this. And, and I think that's what something that uh, that Christians need to open themselves up to. Obviously, things like prayer and, and worship and, and Bible reading, these are extremely healthy practices. These are healthy for your, for your spiritual life and they're healthy for your mental and emotional life too. Uh, but they don't replace or, and they can work in conjunction with medicine, with, with science, with things that God has given us to use and develop. We, God created us to be tool making creatures and tools like medicine are, are really, really helpful. So I, I think that having that multi-pronged approach to dealing with mental health is something that Brian has lived out and exhibited in his own life. And it'd be good for us to start emulating it and talking, having more honest conversations about it. First thing, uh, I mean, I, w- I would say, obviously, you're not alone and you're going to be okay. It, you know, it's not, it's not just this mind over matter, you know, it, 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 but you're going to be okay. You're not alone. Um, and God doesn't lie. It's impossible for God to lie. And there's plenty of stuff in the Bible that talks about how we are going to be okay. He trusts in God. Trust the Lord, in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your understanding. All those, those verses. Um, and I would say this worship in the word, honestly, worship in the word, or, or like literally like they're, they're lifesavers for me. Like, like I listen to worship music all day long. Cause when I was really desperate, when I was really going through it, worship music 24 hours a day and I'd get up and I'd read and I'd read and I would just read like, like as like a discipline. And I, and, and it's like a magical thing started happening. It started getting better. That's something that I feel like is something that was really ingrained in me when I was a kid in youth group a lot is like that idea of disciplining yourself to to read the Bible a lot every day. It's not a practice that's really stuck with uh, me at least, or a lot of it in the like as I become an adult. I kind of I get that sense that I've kind of gotten it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I do feel like too, even like pragmatically, where you know there, the, you know the, the when you look at so, like books like the mental health books and self help books like the Power of Positive Thinking or things like mm-hmm. that, it's easy to kind of get off track with that thinking. But there are actually biblical uh, concepts that like you know when it talks about taking every thought captive you know that's not just practical spiritual advice that's actually something that can be beneficial for your mental health is to not let things eat at you and to fill your mind with things that are going to benefit you spiritually like brian was talking about and that's part of that perception that brian's talking about throughout that book is that there's so there is so much misconception about this because there is a shame and a stigma attached to the idea of mental health it happens in christian communities but it happens outside of the church as well i think it's still just there's a difference there still is more shame attached to the idea of talking about your anxiety or your depression than there is talking about the fact that you broke your arm and you needed to go seek treatment for that. And I think part of Brian's book, the goal of Brian's book is to erase some of that difference. Uh, at least that's what he told me at the end of the conversation. I think part of the problem is the shame that's around that wraps itself around that whole thing. Like, like my goal would be that everyone that, 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 you know, like I said, when God, when God becomes real, God is, is God, it's a gift from God when he's your only option and he steps in and performs this miracle. And then that's the goal, right? That we don't need certain things, but at the same time, removing the shame and giving grace for like periods of time for people to, to see a doctor, you know, we got a counseling for marriage. We got a counseling for personal stuff. And it's the same thing in my mind. If you had a broken arm and didn't fix it, it'd be cruel, you know? Um, and I think for me, this is a time, a physical, uh, it, it, I think this was, um, it was physical for a time and I needed that medicine for a season. 
And that's what the, that's what the science uh, certainly points to. And I, I don't think it's unbiblical at all to say that there's times in your life where you where you need medicine, where you need training, you need people who have the resources to help you that you can't do for yourself. And, and I'm really glad he talks about this in the book and in your conversation, the the counseling. Like mm-hmm. that's even yeah. something too where I feel like there. I kind of grew up, and maybe I maybe I'm kind of an outlier, but like I did, I thought of counseling as for people that didn't go to like church almost. Like, well, what do I need to go to counseling for? I hear a sermon every Sunday. I you know do Bible studies and stuff, but it's like no, there's real value in counseling, especially as it pertains to your mental health. And I think for, again, having someone like him in his position, and especially coming from the world like the Bethel world mm-hmm. that is so in tune to meeting spiritual needs to talk about, no, some, look, counseling is important. That's a, that's man. It's just so important. And I, and I wish that was a message I recognized earlier in my life. Yeah. It's an important topic. And um, one that we've been covering and we'll continue to cover and keep talking about. And we're really grateful for leaders like Brian Johnson to uh, use their platform and voice to continue this discussion. You should check out his new book. It's called when God becomes real It's available now. Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. Put me down, laying your makeup, talking about your childhood, giving everything I got, yet you still want more. This episode of The Relevant Podcast is brought to you by Libscom University. At Libscom University, their online programs are shaped by a commitment to creating a better future. And with multiple undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs to choose from, you can define what that future looks like. Plus, you earn the same academically rigorous degree you'd get on their campus with the flexibility to fit your life. Listen, at Relevant, we believe in you, the listener. We know you're ready to lead. So you can pursue your goals and a better world at Libscom Online. Visit libscom.edu slash online to learn more. That's L-I-P-S-C-O-M-B dot E-D-U slash online. Love is careless when it's too soon. You've been here like wasted all your life. Oh, Listening to Glod, not God, not Glad, <laughs> Glod, with uh, the song Careless. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week on the Friday episode, we uh, we got talking about uh, things you do that your friends think are weird. Uh, we learned last week that our good friend Annie Fadowns <laughs> exclusively <laughs> drinks out of koozies at her yep. home. And she has a gathering right. of friends. Everybody is a koozie. You know, it's like, it's a koozie party. Cameron drinks out of disposable novelty cups that were given to him (laughs) years ago, even though very kind friends, even very kind friends in his life have given him state-of-the-art, technologically advanced (laughs) cups that will keep drinks cold or hot for a curiously long amount of time. Literally every time we have spoken in the last week, Jesse has shown me (laughs) and given me a a timer of how long the ice in his Yeti cup has been cold and frozen. Most of the time, it's over six hours by the time I talk to Cameron. (laughs) Check this out, dude. Ice is still... Jesse, you're talking me into one. I'm close. I'm I'm on the the line, man. I I was a hater. Uh, People, listeners on this podcast know I was a hater of the whole Yeti thing. I get it now. I am ready to, to, to dawn only Yeti gear. Uh, from mine is a Yeti, mine's a hydro flask, but it is amazing how long the ice stays ice. 
Cameron would not know anything about this. Cameron doesn't know. I, okay. <laughs> I know. I drink out of corksicles and Yetis. I, I get it. They're just... I have never, I have never time, seen you without an Orlando Every Magic time, time, Cameron, never. I see you take a sip out of a novelty Orlando mas- basketball cup that looks unwashed yeah. and has been in the rotation for Ew, more than six unwashed. years. It is a slap to the face. <laughs> it is... Cameron, are they unwashed? No, oh, they are washed. This is the issue, Annie. I... I I have so many of them. I always cycle through them. I cycle through them. And then, you know, I've got like 30 of them. So I don't, I mean, I can have plenty of cups available to me and then I don't have to do dishes all that often. I have one really good Yeti mug. So I I use it and then it's dirty and, but I don't do dishes for a week. So it doesn't pop back into the rotation for a while. Are they hard to clean, Jesse? Is this an issue? (laughs) No, it's just just in my sink. So for the question of the week last week, we asked you what's something that you do that all your friends think are weird and thinks weird. So you guys hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast and you posted your longer ones at the relevant uh, uh, the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. Well, Sarah said <laughs> she loves flip-flops so much that even in winter um, that her sister brought her 26 pairs of toe socks for Christmas so her feet could still get warm. They are striped, multicolored, like mm-hmm. rugby or Hogwarts mm-hmm. scarves. I don't know what a Hogwarts mm-hmm. scarf is, nerd. So uh, <laughs> I, do know, I do know what rugby is. <laughs> I do know what rugby is. It's a tough sport. Wait, toe socks. So these are socks that are like mittens where you have to get an individual yeah, you have to toe. Get each individual yeah, yeah, toe yeah, yeah. That, for some yeah. reason, take nose. a while to put on. I mean, like you have to like yeah, all like man, the, the pinky like combine with the I mean, ring toe. The difference in how long it takes you to put on a glove versus a mitten. I feel like I have more dexterity in my fingers than my toes. Yeah, fingers are easier. I can't separate my pinky toe from my ring toe as easily as I can my pinky from my ring toe. Ring toe, I hate that. Yeah, it takes a lot of practice, Cameron. You'd be surprised with with hours and hours of practice. What a basketball captain can do. What you can do with the human toe. Um, it's fantastic. I can, I can, I can, you know, mold pottery with my feet. I can do it too. I just leave my toe rings on the floor by my bed at night. So in the morning, I don't even have to bend over to pick them up. I can just use my toes and bing, 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 five and five. Jesse can play the guitar with his toes. He just yeah, has one laying on the ground, walks by, strums it on his way to the bathroom. I can do it. Technically, I'm playing it. I usually, it's usually just me kicking the open shrinks. Um, I, I never understood the, the, the flip flop all year round people. It's like shorts all year round people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm like I saw one. I saw a guy this morning in flip flops. It's cold. It's cold. It's cold. I no. love my prove? feet. I mean, I wear. I would wear socks all year round. I love when my feet are warm. And so flip flops. I mean, I barely enjoy flip flops in the summer. So this I, is not my person. I gotta tell you, I've turned into uh, the cozy sock and Nike slides guy. Like like oh, around sure. the house, especially. I mean, they're they're well, padded. It's yeah. it's basically like slippers nonstop. It's That's great. Baller. It's baller status. It's pretty cool. Right, Eric, Eric lost me halfway through here. I was on board, Eric, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell you where you lost me. He says, most mornings, I drink my coffee out of one of the standard issue mugs that come with the dishes. Okay. On weekends and other days off, I drink my coffee out of a different mug, usually ones I receive, received as gifts. I thought this oh. was a visual reminder that those mornings are a little more relaxed. I kind of like that. So far, huh. I mean, like that's a nice little ritual, a nice little yeah. morning ritual. It's, it's a, unnecessary, but I see who wants to be relaxed on the week. But it, I'm, but I'm like, I can, I can. Get, but here's where, here's where he loses me. <laughs> I also cannot drink my coffee out of too large of a mug because I feel it allows the beverage to cool too quickly. Yeah, Eric, well, that's it true. gets cold. You got this yeah. big old mug of coffee. You're drink. You're sipping down it, cold if, black oil. If only technology had advanced. Him. 
high enough where a, 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 a container could keep a beverage either hot or cold for hours and hours on end. If only Eric had a friend in his life who would introduce, not only introduce him to the technology, but purchase one of these for him. Plus, he did. He also if added. Only. He drinks it with his toes, which is kind of. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> he says, but I also stir it with my toes. <laughs> but I am this is a new technology. Say, we all had thermoses as kids, and then like the yeah. soup would stay hot. Cameron, it's oh advanced. man, I love my Alf. Um, what did you? What, what are they called again? You had an Alf thermos? thermos. Thermos. Yeah. Why did I lose that word like that? I love my Alf thermos. I'm more interested in the Alf part. Were you a bit? Were you a big fan oh, of Alf? Huge Alf, yeah, fan. I had the thermos. I had the sleeping bag. I thought the world of that guy. You were you were branded. Yeah, were like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he was he was, was my number thing. one. Yeah, That's I loved Alf. What did you I'm like about Alf? His sarcasm. He was hysterical. Yeah, he was just the funniest. Funny. I just funny thought guy. he was so funny all the time, and he always and he hated cats. I just thought it was hilarious. I don't know. Good. Still do. I still watch some stuff on YouTube every now and again you if I not. can't fall asleep. It does not hold up. You cannot say that. No, no, it's no. Still of course, h- it doesn't hold up. No, 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 no. But, but it's warm. It it's still like, feels it's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, I, I think we've landed our next question of the week. Something that you loved that you watched recently doesn't hold up. But, but I will say this: I was when I was a kid. I love Ernest movies. You guys are familiar with Ernest. Yeah, Ernest yeah, goes yeah. to camp. There was is hilarious. one scene that still holds up because a lot of it doesn't. A lot of it's pretty dark. Like if you go back and watch some Ernest movies, like one, he gets the electric chair. Okay. He's given Ooh. superpowers, but they still execute Ernest. And another Jeez. one, like Ernest goes to Camp Annie. I don't know if you remember the climax. A guy tries to shoot Ernest point blank in the face with a rifle. That's literally the plot of Ernest goes to camp. Like a psychotic, a psychotic developer who wants to develop the camp decides it's time to shoot Ernest. Like oh yeah, Ernest. that's right. Yeah. That's right. So a lot shoot of Ernest movies have wow. like I would not probably be cool with my kids watching Ernest movies. But there's one scene that I turn to on YouTube if I'm having a rough day and I laugh and laugh and laugh and i swear it holds up okay it is a scene from ernest goes to jail and i'll do the setup ernest is chosen for jury duty and he's taking the job very seriously and he's and he's taking notes as the lawyers are giving their cases but he's biting on the pen deep in thought and he accidentally bites off the breaks the pen in his mouth (laughs) and ink is going everywhere and he's like trying to dry it with paper from his notepad and he's just smearing it everywhere and he yep. ends up with all these balls of inky paper covered in ink and he doesn't know what to do with them so he eats them in the jury booth and the scene the scene is like one of those scenes from Family Guy where Peter trips and it's like funny and then it's like ah, ah and you're like okay when are they gonna cut away then it becomes funny again that's how this earnest scene is with him yeah. trying to clean up ink in the jury booth it is still holds up I, I ride for that scene still yeah <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have one piece of feedback before we move on to the next question. Okay. Because multiple people, and I appreciate it, multiple people spoke of their love of their own koozie. Sarah has a basket at home. She keeps some around. Also, someone said, when will we be able to purchase relevant koozies? Oh. Uh, we, we can do those. Let's make hey, some can, 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 it, can it say in fine print and parentheses for non-alcoholic beverages? Obviously. That's what the koozie says. That's what the koozie says. This is not alcoholic. And then roll the podcast logo. <laughs> that was probably sound really well. Yeah. Would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't assume the was until I saw the For like when you're conservative, like uncle comes over, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah. see, uncle, this oh is gosh, I want a relevant koozie so bad. Okay. I got one. I got one from PC. Uh, PC, this is weird if you're not eight years old. 
I lay out my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lay out my clothes each night for the next day. I don't think it's strange, but my wife seems to. I think what makes it strange is that sometimes I'll say, I need to get my clothes ready for tomorrow, and my wife will respond, deadpan, yeah, I know. That's because it's very <laughs> odd, DC. What time? <laughs> Set your alarm for five minutes earlier. Wait, I actually don't think that's odd. Is that odd? a little odd? Laying out clothes really? for, the night, for the day before? Right. Do you do that, Annie? I mean, I you think lay them about out it the before night before I go to bed. Well, no, I don't you, lay them out, but I do think about okay, it. Okay, you're different because you're on stage. You've got to think yeah. about yeah. You, yeah. maybe you need to get something pressed. PC, he's wearing khakis and a blue shirt. He doesn't yeah. need <laughs> he doesn't need to lay that out the day before. Yeah. Are you just, Eddie Koffels? I was going to say, are you, you're saying he works at Best Buy? <laughs> 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 Either way, it's not it's not the strangest thing to lay your clothes out, PC. I'm I, with I you. think about it if I have an early, you know, if I've got an early morning, if I got to be somewhere, if I've got a flight or something like that. Like I want to make sure that I know where the stuff is. But uh, laying laying it out, and my, maybe it's not what I because in my mind he's got like the pants laid out, and then on top of it a shirt, like a little like he sets it up exactly like it needs to be on his body, but on the yeah, ground. Yeah, I actually think that's probably what he's you're doing. describing him as some psychopath that has mannequins set up all around, well, around the house. Well, because the other question <laughs> that he just language, for fun. If we just pay attention to PC's language, he didn't say I set out my clothes. He said I lay out my clothes. Yeah. So he yeah. probably does lay them he, out. He yeah. gets a couple of belt options. Oh, I'm going to go with the braided leather one today with the deck shoes and then um, he like looks at it all together laid yeah, out he looks you like know. a good guy yeah I, I like his i like his style and, okay. and that's the perfect attire when he goes to the hall and oats concert tomorrow yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> well there's a lot more feedback where that came from uh you can uh follow along on the website okay it's time for this week's editorial question of the week well jesse jesse mentioned that uh when he's feeling a little down um, he he likes to 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 go watch this clip of Ernest with the, with the ping the pin ink all over his face. He likes a little slapstick <laughs> and that I cheers watch him Elf. up. Yeah, you watch out. So we want to know what's your go to thing that you fire up when you're needing a little pick me up, a little pep in your step, you need a little boost. You put on this song, you watch this clip. What's the thing that you turn to that always makes things just a little bit better? Uh, uh, bonus points. If it's a good audio experience, we can play the clip here on the show. Uh, Y'all are so going to be like, surprised how many people mention Alf. You're going to be surprised. I'm ready. I'm bracing no, myself no, no, right no. now. People recall that when they were kids, they loved Alf, but yeah. not that they're currently watching it as a pick-me-up. I don't you know. You don't know? I don't know. I'm, I'm just ready. saying. I'm, I ready. Ex- I'm ready. I've been surprised. I, I will say this. I feel like public opinion usually comes down on Annie's side when we, when we <laughs> go, when we butt true. heads. Hey, so I, I'm learning. Okay, switching my audiences. Okay. Then I want a specific clip because I have gone down the okay. nostalgic Alf wormhole and it was painfully bad so if you're gonna sit there and say i'm with annie alf is awesome then you need to send me a clip and prove it i super hate how you talk with all the people about use the voice of all the people who are on my side (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying they're much cooler than that they are they're very cool they're very cool they they Uh, happen to have sinus infections but they are cool (laughs) (laughs) it's that time of year <laughs> um, all right, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer links, I guess, or your if you have more at the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. And we will play our favorites. Man, that means next week, next Friday's show is going to end on such a high note. Everybody's going to just have a smile on their face. We need to save a long time for, for the editorial. 
Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, many thanks to Brian Johnson for joining us. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Brian Johnson M. His new book, When God Becomes Real, is out now. Uh, many thanks to our sponsors for making the episode possible. Remember, you can get Quip. It starts at just 25 bucks when you go to getquip.com slash relevant right now. And you can get your first refill pack for free with your Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash relevant. Getquip.com slash relevant. Also, thanks to YNAB. You can find out why users call YNAB life-changing. Go to youneedabudget.com slash relevant for a two-month free trial. Normally, YNAB offers a 30-day trial, but they're giving an extra month for relevant podcast listeners. Hey, if you haven't uh, tuned in yet, make sure to set your alarm for every morning uh, when Relevant Daily posts. It premiered this week. It's the stories you need to know today at the intersection of faith and culture, all in under 10 minutes. You can watch daily on Facebook or YouTube, or you can subscribe to the audio podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Relevant Daily. Hey, uh, also, Relevant Magazine, if you'd like to see Relevant in your community, let us know. Well, we, uh, like at your college, right? Your young adult service at church, or if any place where Relevant uh, people are gathering, if you want to have Relevant there, let us know. We offer special partner distribution and would love to partner with you. You can request bulk distribution at relevantmagazine.com slash pod partner, not God partner, pod partner. We even <laughs> offer complimentary <laughs> copies for churches and nonprofits. Check it out. Also, we are running a special deal for Relevant Podcast fans. Uh, right now, you can subscribe to Relevant. And just for Relevant Podcast fans, you can get your first six months for only six bucks. Go to relevantmagazine.com slash podfan. Again, that's not Godfan. It's podfan. You can get six months of Relevant for six bucks. Go check it out. Well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Annie F. Downs. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Not even close to peaking, Annie. Relevant Podcast Network.